Dan and Corey here, welcoming you into Libservative. All right, welcome in to Libservative Bourbon Banter 2.0 as Corey and I get set to uh, get ready for season two, which will be concerning corruption and how it affects the way that basically we talk to each other. But we have to put out content for you every week between now and then. So the bourbon banter seemed to have uh, some pretty good ratings, if you will. I used uh, quotation marks there to uh, make fun of cable news for just a moment, because we're going to do that coming up here. But seeing as this is bourbon banter, Corey Walsh, what are you drinking this evening? Well, Dan, it's funny that you mentioned it because as soon as I bought it, I'm like, damn, that's actually a really good name. And I was actually going to bring it up to you and see if how married you are right to actually the idea of bourbon banter. Because the name of this bourbon is a fistful of bourbon. And it's actually pretty good. It's like a Clint Eastwood, uh, an ode to Clint Eastwood, I guess. And you've it's, got uh, you've got a literal fistful of bourbon there. You poured way too much into that glass. It's going to last the whole episode. There's no question about yeah, that. Yeah. If my words start to slur, I hope you can edit those out. Um, no, I can't. Every, you're going to hear everything. <laughs> Let me tell you why. <laughs> the government sucks. <laughs> That's going to be me at the end of this. Um, but no, it's pretty good. It's uh, it's really smooth. It's not aged or nothing. At least the one that I bought. I'm, they probably make some aged, but this one wasn't aged. I'm not married to bourbon banter. In fact, one episode coming up, I'm going to try uh, up in the uh, northern uh, limitations of the lower peninsula of Michigan, where we are from. Uh, there is a distillery up there called Northern Latitudes that makes... A horseradish vodka. Now, the reason this interests me is because I am a huge fan of Bloody Marys. Okay. And most folks that drink Bloody Marys like a little He's horseradish. Vodka. Like they like a little okay. horseradish in their in their uh in their Bloody Mary. And I, I saw this stuff and I'm like, I gotta have me a bottle of that. I went up to Traverse City. I wasn't able to get any because they're closed on weird days. So I was never able to get in there, but a buddy of mine was up there last weekend. I told him I wanted this this vodka. He bought it for me. I've got a whole. I've got a fifth of it. I have not opened it yet. I will be. I will be sampling that live on one of these bourbon banter's uh, at some point before I actually put it into a Bloody Mary because I think I should try it as is first. And I'm not a vodka guy. I'm not a huge fan of vodka beverages unless it's a Bloody Mary. I'll get a little high and mighty once in a while and have a lemon drop. But that's about it when it comes to vodka for me. But tonight, I am drinking a another northern Michigan spirit. My girlfriend got this for me the last time we were up in Traverse City. It is from Mammoth Distilling in northern Michigan, and it is called Wooly Bourbon. It's a 92 proof, and uh, it is it, it definitely has the bite of a 92 proof. And uh, I got to say, the first couple sips of this, I enjoy it. It's, it's even for being so strong, it's smooth and very smoky. And I love smoky bourbons. So, I do too. This one actually doesn't have too much smoke, but it's smooth. It has a nice, like, I want to say caramely, you know, like a, 
It's just, yeah, it's just, I guess yeah, caramel. Not super smoky, not very spicy, just smooth on the tongue. And uh just so we don't get crucified before anyone calls us out on it. Just so we can so we can say we know our bourbon. Technically, bourbon is supposed to be made in Kentucky. Yes, Bourbon County. Bourbon County. Uh we know that Dan didn't put the fucking label on the bottle. <laughs> it wasn't him up there trying to break the rules. But it's uh it's a bourbon made in Michigan and they follow all the rules other than not being in Bourbon County, which is what? 51% corn has to be aged in a bra- a fresh oak barrel, I believe. I think those are the two of the three prerequisites to make a bourbon. But if you if you listen to real bourbon aficionados, which I'm not I'm not a a massive bourbon aficionado. I'm 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 growing my repertoire when it comes to bourbons. Um, a lot of them will tell you that the whole Bourbon County, Kentucky thing is it's it's kind of gone out of it's it's kind of gone out of style because just like with um, I'm obviously I'm a I'm a big cigar not obviously maybe people don't know this but I'm a big cigar smoker I uh, I enjoy my craft beers and obviously my bourbon and with all three of those things they're all turning into more. Boutique. Everybody wants smaller batch, boutique style cigars, beers, and bourbons. And you're gonna have to expand out of Bourbon County, Kentucky, if you want to get small boutique bourbons. So I don't really ascribe to that. But yeah, maybe maybe a a, a naturalist for bourbon might say, you yeah, know, yeah, me personally, I don't ascribe to that either. Like uh, Traverse City uh, Whiskey Company makes a damn good bourbon, you know. But it's uh, I just trying to just head him off of the curve you know i'm, I'm yelling iceberg really before bourbon. the titanic hits the ice the iceberg it's you know? not really bourbon so that's what Corey and i are sipping on here for this uh second edition of bourbon banter and i gotta tell you Corey, we're we are doing a hell of a lot better than governor cuomo can i call can i still call him governor technically for, for 14 more days you can <laughs> <laughs> I gotta tell you, I am not a huge fan get of used to get used to just not calling him that. Call him Chris Cuomo's brother, <laughs> right? Oh, I actually have a, a, a an unpopular opinion on Chris Cuomo, and we'll get to that uh, here. It's in a... More popular than you think? No, it's. It, I guarantee you, it's not. <laughs> oh, well, okay. you're, you're right. You're right. You're right. It might be with a certain uh, faction of people, but I I am not a huge fan of Jimmy Fallon. But I happened to be watching NBC last night for some reason. I don't even remember why. And Fallon's show came on, and he did have a, a couple of good ones. Occasionally, you know, a broken clock's right twice a day, and he found a couple good jokes. And uh, it was so simple, and it's not really that funny coming out of my mouth. But he said, is this really a job or a situation that requires a two-weeks notice? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's basically what it that's basically what we're looking at here right now. Yeah, he just gave his two weeks notice to the entire nation. He was like, <laughs> hey, yo. <laughs> we were we were I know we were itching to bring out the uh the Italian thing. Hey, I'm, like, a, I'm Italian. I like to touch <laughs> boobs. I'm a New York Italian. Words. Those are his words. <laughs> I'm Italian, yo. With his PowerPoint presentation of him just kissing everyone. Look, every Italian likes to touch random boobs. Like, hey, what do you can you say? It's my buddy. Oh, hey, <laughs> I call him Bella. What is it up? Uh, oh, I I say ciao, Bella, to a couple of the women. <laughs> what? 
I go to the ladies. I say, it's time to get out of here. Sprigati, andiamo. (laughs) (laughs) That was the... What's... what's, uh... What would be considered more racist? Our uh, really, really shitty Italian accents or him blaming sexual harassment on being Italian? Oh, no, no, no. He he <laughs> he absolutely attacked his own culture. 100% he attacked his own culture. And there's the bus. <laughs> Just like throw you right underneath there. He, uh... Yeah, yeah, the whole... Using the fact that he's Italian as an excuse is like it's what we do. We just sexually harass women, and you have a <laughs> make some pizza. No, I don't know. No, you don't. They don't do that. No, they don't do either. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> no, the pizza that we know wasn't even Italian. <laughs> I don't like Italian pizza personally. What are your feelings? Drier. What are your feelings on? Governor Cuomo right now as we sit here. I mean, because it's really obvious to sit here and go, oh, he's a piece of shit because allegedly, I gotta, you got to throw that word out there, allegedly he's a sexual harasser. And I got to tell you something. I didn't like the guy before this, Corey. And it's not because I, everybody knows. I hope you know by now if you've been listening to this show as long as you have. I am a liberal. I am a liberal, but as I'll tell people a million times over, just because I'm a liberal doesn't make me a Democrat. They're not the same thing. No. Even though traditionally I voted that way, doesn't make me a Democrat. And this guy, I've, I haven't liked this guy. He, is, he has had this weird vibe to me for the longest time. And he got most famous last year when people were like, look at how good Governor Cuomo is doing with coronavirus. When they, had, when they actually had like, the highest death rate yeah year, like new jersey now i mean and, and de- here's the thing he only reported 50 percent of those deaths dan he only reported 50 percent of those deaths in the nursing homes only reported 50 percent of those deaths he chose to uh force folks back into nursing homes where he knew there were coronavirus infections and more people died which by the way now that governor cuomo is gone our own governor here in michigan gretchen whitmer He's probably sweating is going to face some shit because she yeah, did the I'm exact same thing. I wanted to bring that up. I'm sorry to cut you off there and just say the same thing as you were saying pretty much at the same time. But no. yeah, no, she's she's probably a little hotter than the collar right now. Like, fuck. My opinion on but Cuomo she's hasn't... She's got her own AG in her pocket, though. Muscles in her pocket. I, I guess that's true, but that's not going to stop folks like Charlie LaDuff from uh, continuing to, to throw her under the fire. Uh, but when it comes to Cuomo, look, this doesn't... This... When I heard this news, I was so unsurprised. Like, I am looking at a picture of Governor Cuomo right now, and I'm going, the guy looks like a creeper. The guy looks like the kind of guy that walks into a party at, at somebody's house, says he has to use the bathroom, and goes, and he goes hey, I'm not a gynecologist, but I'll take a look. Yo! <laughs> I was going to, honestly, I was going to go even creepier than that. <laughs> He's going to walk into a bedroom and go panty searching. And I'm not talking about regular panty searching. This guy's going to dig for the granny panties because he wants something that's been a little weathered, that's seen so, a so little. He's in the laundry room. Yeah, well, or, you know, at the bo- at the bottom of the drawer, uh, my girlfriend calls them the period panties, looking for those. So, something, with, something with a little bit of, uh, something with a little bit of weather to it, something with a little bit of musk. And then, uh, 
sniff it, put it right back. Like that's 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 what this guy's always looked like to me. Sneak a peek. Hey, yo, I'm looking for the bathroom. What? Hey, I just, I don't know where I found these panties. They were just, I had to blow my nose. I thought it was a hanky. What do you want? Hey, look at this. Yo. <laughs> How many times are we going to say A in this episode? I don't know. We spent too much time laughing at ourselves, though. I'm sure people have noticed that. Shoot us an um, email at libservativepod.gmail.com. Give us your opinion on Governor Cuomo. We would be happy to read them live on the air. Yeah, but you have to start off with, hey. <laughs> That way we know exactly what this email is about. Hey, I'm Italian. Uh, but here's, so you want to, this, this is what, uh, when we talk about like, uh, the left versus right, uh, when it comes to holding people accountable for sexual harassment charges. Right. So do you remember, there's this guy you might've heard of Al Franken. Uh, oh no, that guy, he actually admitted what he did. He's like, yeah, I fucked up. <laughs> yeah. But uh, so he's actually, I think he's a bit of an anomaly, and uh, I'm talking about this guy. He's he's sort of famous. He he uh, does a couple of things that affect mine in your life. His name is Brett. You know Brett, Brett uh, Brett Kavanaugh. I am familiar with that name, Corey. <laughs> Tell me exactly what he does again. No, he legislates, uh, or no, he. Uh, judges on the legislation that affects your everyday life dan he is a supreme court justice if i recall <laughs> yeah yeah that one did you google that i did not <laughs> it just came just to me season. it came to me in a dream <laughs> uh yeah no you remember the ringer he got pushed through do you remember the group called times up that came out right around that time i do wait when did times come when did times up get founded the time so for people who don't know, Time's Up is a uh, like a, it's a progressive group that is all for uh, pointing out like sexual harassment and things like that. Like in the in the uh, whether it's any anything for like prominence, whether it's like media, Hollywood, politics, and things like that. So this girl who was she was very prominent, and she was the uh, the lawyer. Or she was a lawyer who was had, who was uh, all a part of Times Up. Well, she just resigned from Times Up because she was a woman who tried to discredit the, some of the women who accused Governor Andrew. Did you know about that? I had heard something about that, Corey. Roberta Kaplan is her name, and I'm looking at a New York Times article right now, and it says Roberta Kaplan, who aided Cuomo, resigns from Times Up. So. These groups that were all about uh, sexual, like trying to help women who uh, were accusing their aggressors of sexual harassment, is apparently only concerned if that sexual harassment depends on whether or not there's a big D or a little D next to your name. And it just it blows my mind. Oh no, she's the co-founder. She was the co-founder of Times Up, and she was giving legal aid to Andrew Cuomo and trying to discredit. The very women who were accusing him of sexual harassment. Now, if Andrew Cuomo had an R next to his name, would she have done the same thing? Absolutely not. Yeah, I was even going to use less syllables and say no. (laughs) (laughs) But that's not the only one, dude. You ready for this one? I'm the guy who's going to be abrasive on this show, Corey. I think people have figured that out by now. (laughs) So the president of the largest is on NPR, 
the president of the country's largest LGBTQ advocacy organization is uh his name is Alfonso David. He was another one who was giving uh, Andrew Cuomo legal advice and trying to help him with uh, his whole sexual assault allegation thing. So the person that was the uh, the president of the Human Rights Campaign and the co-founder of Time's Up were going against the very organizations of what they stand for to help defend Cuomo. Whatever happened to believe ha- all women? hashtag believe all women? I don't know. Ask Tara Reid, you know, the one that accused Biden of sexual assault. Look, I've always thought that that slogan is silly. In the same way that I think defund the police is silly. Because it's just, it's just a, it's, it's, it is a slogan that is designed to rile people up that doesn't mean what shit, what it actually, no, 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 no. It means something, but it doesn't mean, it doesn't actually mean what it says, right? It's, it is, it is a slogan that is designed to rile up the far right. Now, from a political perspective, you could argue that that is a good thing. You could argue that, and you could argue that it works because it does. It's very, very easy to to rile up the far right with just a couple of words, which Believe is leave all women, fuck women, <laughs> get back in the Repeal kitchen. Nineteenth, damn it, get back in the kitchen. But again, it wasn't something that was said to mean exactly what it says. I don't know why. Far left progressives always feel the need to do this. Why do we have to do this? Why can't we just say, believe women? You could literally just take the word all out of that phrase and make it so much less uh, pushy. You could make it so much less of a, of a, of a hardcore, aggressive smash at the far right. And the same thing with defund the police instead of saying defund the police all you got to do is take the word defund and replace it with reform now all of a sudden you have something that makes sense and means exactly what it means but people want the reactionary hot topic thing you know with it goes back to our whole first season we talked about the 240 characters you know tweet and three minute segments you need something grabby you need something quick you need a you need a, a quick slogan like once you pop, the fun don't stop. And it's like, damn, that's Pringles. Like, you knew that one before I even had to say it. Like, also, you know, I mean, it's something that just sticks. It's also Trojan but, condoms, which is strange. Once you pop, the fun don't stop. <laughs> or at least you should be. <laughs> so, what well, we joke and we laugh about this. So, this is what really pisses me off about it. When we talk about Time's Up, Believe All Women, which sexual harassment is a real thing. Like, what is it? What's the statistic? One in four women have been sexually harassed in their lifetimes from as simple as just getting their ass smacked. Or, Dude, I would believe that four in four women have been sexually in harassed one way or another, in one way or another at some point in their lives. 100%. Depending on how they take it. Yeah. And uh, that's and that's not me talking. That's the sexual harassment classes we all take at work. You know, it's, it's not what you say. It's how the, how the other person receives it. And uh, so, like, like uh, Cuomo going, hey, ciao, Bella. 
I'm Italian. We <laughs> all do women, this. Most women probably were like, oh, he's being nice. But there was probably some that were like, what the fuck? Just didn't say anything. They were just uncomfortable. So that's probably why four out of four women probably have been sexually harassed because they just brush it off and don't run and tell everyone about it. But here's but why. Here's anyway. Let me just interrupt you for a second. Here's why you can't just go, oh, you know, I'm Italian. No, most people don't take it that way. So, okay, let's say that you have made comments to 100 women. Let's say you're Andrew Cuomo. You've made comments to 100 women. And you thought that they were flattering. You were just trying to be nice, as somebody like Andrew Cuomo in this situation might say. 100 women and 30 of them, a third, come out and say, I felt uncomfortable. That's where you go, believe those women. If it was just one out of a hundred, eh, maybe you could give Andrew Cuomo a pass. But we're looking at <laughs> we're looking at a large percentage of, of, of people. Depending on how much of that was. If he just said, Hey sweetie, and that girl goes, I can't believe he just called me sweetie. Then he should still probably go, Hey, I'm sorry, I will never ever call you sweetie again. I apologize. Now that's not, and that's not necessarily sexual harassment, but that's definitely talking misogynist. down, misogynist talking down to a woman. Absolutely. Yeah. But so this is what makes me mad about it, you know, because like we just said, like we both agreed that women are probably, you know, like at least one of four, but probably more than that are sexually assaulted in their lifetime. So we have groups like uh, Believe All Women or the hashtag Believe All Women. We have groups like Time's Up. You know, we have the Human Rights Foundation or the Human Rights Campaign coming out and advocating against things like this. We have all of these things like we have. There's all of this talk right now about treating women right in the workplace, and it's talk that does gain a little bit of steam. But then you know what shits in their Cheerios and just shits all over that movement is when the fucking co-founder of believe all of time's up is giving that fucking perv Cuomo legal advice or when the, the president of the LGBTQ group human rights uh, campaign is also giving him advice and it's like wait hold on you guys literally just ran Brett Kavanaugh through the fucking ringer for something that he did in college Mm-hmm. 40 fucking years ago believe all women but then all of a sudden Terry Reed comes out against Biden it just gets shoved under the rug mm-hmm. even AOC kind of folds and falls with it and this weird wishy-washy statement what does she say she goes I believe she was she ended up what did she do she didn't endorse Biden but she voted for him I oh think. no dude it, it is so gross did you see that interview with Dana Bash I didn't see it but I saw that I saw the clips it's uh, CNN a couple weeks ago, and she's like, "Oh God, I'm on CNN. It's it's all good." And it's just like, "No, AOC, you are fucking going against everything you came in to represent." Now, say yeah. what you want about AOC. There's a lot of people that don't like her. I happen to like her. She, uh, I don't necessarily falling into the fold fast. I it, that's the problem. She's like falling I falling into the fold very, very, very and, fast. And I had just recently her pack tried to not give money to. Was it Georgia or Ohio? But her PAC gave money to the establishment Democrats that were going against one of the Justice League people. Yeah, and it's just because they had D's next to their names. Like AOC, the whole reason people like you 
is the same reason people like Bernie Sanders. It's the same reason people like Rashida Tlaib and the rest of the, the what do they call Ilhan them? Omar. The crew, the, yeah. Ilhan Omar, yeah. It's what, be- are they, what did the squad? The squad, that's, that's what it's the called. The squad. Yeah. And like, so she's gotten sucked into that power that we see with everyone. It's the same thing that happened to Barack Obama, right? The hope, the change, everything. Everything's going to be different now. And then all of a sudden, Barack Obama... He doesn't invite his own staff that got him to win the election to his party, but he invites Jay-Z and Beyonce. (laughs) No, he he went in the White House and he got rich. Like, and, and, And I voted for this guy twice and I loved him and I wanted to love him more and... And then now I'm just so disappointed and I'm so disappointed in him and I'm so disappointed in AOC and and I don't always agree with AOC. My 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 opinion on AOC has always been I think she goes a little bit overboard, but I think a lot of that is because she's such she's such a young representative. Like she'll she'll figure it out at some point. But now like seeing her just fall into the fold and do the do do the you know the gross little Go along to get along interview with Dana Bash little, at CNN. Political political answers, not yes, no's, I don't know's. Yeah, I, I'm, are you going to run for president? Well, you know, I don't think so. Yeah, what was it? She Fuck was a, you, oh, dude. Oh, uh, people are talking about her primarying Chuck Schumer. Oh, that's what or it was. Yeah, yeah. Chuck Schumer, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Are you going to primary Chuck area. Schumer? Yeah. Yeah, I and absolutely she should. Dude, I think she would win. She probably would. And she's, she but she's, would. but she's got to run on the same principles. Like this is the There's whole. There's such a slim margin in the House that the squad could literally make the whole Democratic Party bend. But guess what? They don't. But you know what I think it is? I was thinking about this today, actually. Um, do you think the way Tossie Gabbard was just crucified scares the them? Not she was a martyr. No, not necessarily, and here's why: because I think that. Tulsi Gabbard wanted to work with Republicans. And she wanted to work with Republicans for the right reasons. The reasons we always talk about. Like, why can't we compromise? Right? That whole argument. As to where the squad is so far left that they can't work with Republicans. But my hope for the squad was that they would push the Democratic Party to actually stand up to its own principles by being too far left. I don't know if that makes sense to you, but like, I just want these establishments to be challenged one way or another. I don't necessarily agree with everything that the squad wants to do. To me, it's a little too woke. It's a little too progressive. But my opinion doesn't matter. Yeah, I no, just want had a chance. I just to, want uh, that Democratic establishment to be challenged, and I want somebody to come along for the Republican Party and do the same. Now, you could argue that Trump did that, but what did Trump do? Fell into the fold. Just fell right into the fold. Same yep. deal. Yeah, no, it's uh, when Kyle Kalinske talks about when he started when he co-founded uh, the Ju- the Justice Democrats or whatever. He he wanted that to be exactly like you just said. And uh, instead, they just, like you said, they just kind of just just fallen into the fold. Go Now they're just going through the motions. Like, what happens? Is there What kind of witchcraft is going on in Congress where these people come in? The only person that hasn't been affected by this witchcraft, actually, that's not true. He has. I was going to say 
Bernie Sanders. Now, Bernie Sanders sticks by his principles, but at the end of the day, what does he do? He goes out and he, he endorses Joe Biden. He goes out and he endorses Hillary Clinton. He, he, he falls into the fold during the election cycles. But the, what makes- he's not even a Democrat. He's an independent. I know. I know. But what makes Bernie different is that at least at the end of the day, he still stands by his principles. He hasn't yeah. done the flip-flopping nonsense. I just wish he would stick with those principles when the election rolls around. Like That's why he was more popular <laughs> in 16, not 2020. He started to fall for the wokeism, kind of leftism yeah. uh, identity politics. That you was know, 2016. He just said straight up, just billionaires are making too much money. We need to not stop these. We need to stop these endless wars. We need to make sure the billionaires are getting taxed appropriately. Nobody working 40 hours a week should have to rely on the government. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and then in 2020 is a little bit different. But the climate was different. But wait it, a minute. But, but, but to just, just to wrap this up, doesn't, doesn't, is Bernie any better than the rest of us? But, but by that, I mean, Bernie falls into the lesser of two evils mindset of thinking. He goes, mm -hmm. what's better, Donald Trump or Hillary Clinton? Well, I guess I'll just endorse Hillary. Because why is he any better? Because I did the same thing. I went out and voted for Hillary Clinton in 2016, felt dirty about it, didn't like it. I did the same thing in 2020. I went out and voted for Joe Biden, didn't feel good about it, didn't like it. But we have to stop falling for this lesser of two evils nonsense. Because look Be where it gets us. We're going to continue to get shit. Yeah, demented Joe and fucking Trump. It's garbage. It's all garbage. It's all shit. And it's right. just We've been to the moon. We're better than this. That was a wonderful tangent, Corey. I'm glad we had that discussion, but I want to finish the Cuomo conversation with something that is a libservative exclusive. You didn't even know about this. This no, libs libservative exclusive, we have actual audio of Donald Trump watching the Andrew Cuomo resignation speech. This is a libservative exclusive. Corey Walsh, are you ready for this? I'm ready for this. I'd like to address several issues today. Uh, first, I've always started by telling New Yorkers the facts before my opinion. He's got so a great memory, this guy. Tough with the truth. The attorney general did a report on complaints made against me by certain women for my conduct. Okay, so, just sit down, please. I sexually harassed 11 women. That was the headline people heard and saw. And He's got a great memory, this guy. The reaction was outrage. It should have been. However, it was also false. You are a rude, terrible person. You shouldn't be working. I've reviewed the report over the past several days and have already raised serious issues and flaws that should concern all New Yorkers. Because when there is a bias or a lack of fairness in the justice system, it is a concern for everyone. Not That's enough. Put down the mic. <laughs> I mean, the Donald had it. He had it nailed there. Yeah, you know, like you said, a broken clock's right twice, right twice a day, man. Do <laughs> you miss that voice? I, dude, I do. Like, from an entertainment perspective, yeah, I kind of do. Is that a bad thing to say? Am I allowed to say that? No. I You're mean, allowed to say that. You're allowed to say that 100%. Well, now that he doesn't have the nuclear codes, it's like, all right, this guy was a goofball. Yeah, looking at it in hindsight is is always interesting. Uh, let's get into bourbon banter narrative number one, Corey Walsh. We're going to talk about Joe Biden's infrastructure bill. 
Would you like me to give you the narratives while I pour my second glass of bourbon and get hammered? Yeah, give me those narratives. Progressive narrative on Biden's infrastructure bill is that it's not enough. Murmurs of threats by House Democrats not to vote for this package without another sweeping package that would spend trillions on health care, social programs, and education. Those are the murmurs coming out of the House. As we know, it's already been passed in the Senate. Yeah. So the 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 second one is the reconciliation bill. Right. We're not so we're wonder, not signing this actually, without the reconciliation bill. Yeah. So me, I always try to look at politics like sports and I'm like, okay, why are they making this move? Like especially so you just said that they there's murmurs that they won't pass this bill if the second bill comes up. So do you think that I should say until until the second bill comes up is what I think you meant to say. Yeah. So because so the first one is like what one trillion dollars, then the second one for the reconciliation is like three point five or something. Yeah, very very different numbers. <laughs> yeah, both very very large sums of money, both very different numbers. So I wonder if the Democrats could give two shits if the second one even passes, because they're obviously because so I'll, I'll I'll elaborate on that in a second. But if they're doing this just to get their base to vote on the first one, because the second one, they're already, there's murmurs where they're like, oh, well, the parliamentary, what is it? The congressmen, the parliamentary, the parliamentarians, the parliamentary advisor, I think it is. And it's like the house, it's someone from the minority group and he's the one that interprets all the rules for the, uh, for what the uh, the house gets, like what the house decides, what is actually a rule or whatever, right? Yeah, yeah. So house parliamentarium, and so you know he's going to be like, oh well, that's that's against the rules, and the Democrats are going to sort of go, oh well, bummer, <laughs> <laughs> we can't do nothing, we can't do nothing, right? And so, but. uh yeah, so the office of the parliament, uh, the office of the parliamentarian, then provides the house with nonpartisan guidance on parliamentary rules and procedures. So, it's almost like they're like, kind of giving him the chance just to go. Well, we can't put that in there, and then they're just gonna be like, "Oh darn," you know, and kind of snap their finger and say, "Bummer, we tried," just to get the other bill passed. So you think this is a ploy by House Democrats uh, to get the house republicans to uh, to get them on board yeah house democrats on board i'm sorry yeah the, the house democrats are, yeah and yeah i mean like look what the like the original uh infrastructure deal was like 3.5 million right yeah and it's been stripped and it's been stripped and biden literally pulled a trump card pun absolutely intended and asked for a million dollars, and he's walking away with two hundred thousand, knowing that he was going to be walking away with two hundred thousand originally. He literally made all of all the Republicans and stuff clinch their butt cheeks, going, "Holy shit, that's a big sum!" And they did the math, realized that the the uh, numbers aren't on their side, brought it way down, trickled it down to where they originally wanted it, just hyped it up originally to get that to where they wanted it. And then just to shore up the Democratic votes, they did this reconciliation thing, which, I mean, it might pass. 
but it might not. But the bill that he originally wanted is getting passed. Which brings me to the conservative narrative, Corey, which is that it's radical and woke. <clears throat> Josh Holly. And, what's, up, what's up, Holly? <laughs> and, and then outside of Josh Holly, oh, just overall deficit hawkery, right? The, the typical Republican ploy, who's going to pay for it? Yeah. How about the, uh, yeah, that's, that cracks me up too. It's because like one of the reasons why we have a bigger deficit than ever isn't because of Biden. Biden's only been there for seven months. It's because of Trump's tax plan. Remember when he's like, oh, well, it's just the, uh, the GDP is going to fix it. GDP is going to take care of it. Guess what? It isn't. No, dude. It's almost like he knew. It's almost like he knew when he came out with that tax plan in 2017. It's almost like he knew he was going to be a one-term president and he was not going to have to worry about the ass end of this tax plan. Well, like, that's, it's, that's, that's what he does. He deals in days, not months or years. He's a fly-by-the-seat type of guy. But you, do you think that there's a chance that he knew he was going to be a one-term president? I mean, even subconsciously, right? Because obviously, openly, he's like, I'm the best... I'm the best president of all time. I have great no, hand gestures. Nope. I think he is such a narcissist and in such an echo chamber surrounded by yes men that he really thought he was doing a great job. Which leads to me to believe that he thinks the only reason he lost was voter fraud. Everything sets you up for that. If you build a cabinet and you fire everyone who disagrees with you, you're literally surrounded by everyone going, "Oh yes, sir, Mr. President, that's a great idea." Yeah, yeah. And then you're on, and then you're on social media, and they, you know, like Facebook and Twitter, whose algorithms cater to you being a yes man. To where if you dislike something, it's not going to keep showing it to you. It's going to show you things you like and things you engage in. So this narcissist goes, "I have what 2.6 million people following me on Twitter." They all like what I have to say. On Facebook, I get thousands of likes. They all like what I have to say. All my guys in my cabinet like what I have to say. You're still really think- you're still literally talking about 2.5% of the United States population. Right, but the, the Republican <laughs> Party, like yeah, but, but the, the Republican Party just voted for him. But like in his little chamber, he has 30,000, 40,000 people showing up to like cheer him on and they're all cheering his name and he's standing there doing the whole heel thing from WWF and build that wall build yeah. that wall that's intoxic think about that how intoxicating wall. that build would be that wall. <sighs> yeah dude like that has to be so intoxicating to sit there and hear that and then you're literally surrounded yourself by people who say they like what you're doing why would you think you're doing something wrong people you love thought me. it was a shoe in QAnon loves yeah. me. I don't know what they're saying, but I know that they love me. I know they like me. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he said. I know they like me. Yeah, so I really think he thought that he was going to win the second time. But I think he was honestly surprised he didn't win. I honestly think that his narcissism clouded his entire judgment. He ran a piss poor campaign in 2020. He doubled down on a base that was dwindling. Yeah. When he only won key states like Michigan by 12,000 votes. No, but here's what he did well, though. Even in that second campaign, he knew he could get he could get the Hispanic vote in Florida. 
because guess what? Cubans hate socialism. Mm-hmm. Sorry to say, they do. And they're if, I mean, if, it's fair. If you if you tell them socialism is going to be a problem in the United States, guess what? They're going to vote for you. He uh, and he still got what's the other base he collected on? Um, there was another base that he, he he actually built on in 2020. Besides that, oh, that was the big one. That was the number one. Was was he actually got a lot of Hispanic votes? There was another one that I'm forgetting. Somebody's probably yelling into their radio right now. But there was there was oh, one more. The, well, the evangelicals is always a solid base. Uh, I know the second time women, he lost that women. He did that lose women. Yep, women he lost suburban, suburban women. Women vote. But yeah, he did surprisingly well with Hispanics in Florida, but not Texas. Not so much Texas because they're different Hispanics. Those are Mexicans. Isn't that funny? Like, yeah. the Democrats paint Hispanics Latinx. It just says this broad, monolithic fucking brush stroke. Yeah, yeah. It's not the same thing, guys. Sorry. It's <laughs> why do we know? This, I was Dan? no. I, you, I, wait, who are you telling? Are you telling the Democrats? No, it's 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 actually a really interesting thing that nobody's talking about, and I'll talk about it here, and it might be considered controversial, and maybe it will get canceled. But uh, one of my really good friends is a second generation Cuban, and his dad's off the boat from Cuba, built a life here in America, raised my friend. Did he come on a raft? Did he was he a refugee? He was not. I don't believe he was a refugee. I'd have to ask my friend. I don't believe so. I think somehow he got over here. Um, well, I guess he would have had to have been if he came over in the 80s. But I'll have to ask him. I actually want to have this gentleman on the show, my buddy Roger. Um, but he he often talks about being a member of the Hispanic community, that the way that they think politically is very, very different depending on where you're from. I mean, he's even made the claim that Hispanics are actually kind of racist against each other for different reasons. It's like Asians. Yeah, so it's it. it I like would the Chinese and the Japanese hate each other. So it 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 makes total sense that folks from Cuba and South Florida would vote completely differently than than Mexicans in South Texas no, or really Guatemalans or whoever's whoever's down there in South Texas. If if what my buddy Roger's saying is correct, and we'll have him on eventually, we'll talk about Cuba a little bit more. Um, but then but yeah, he tells me that all the different. time. He tells me that all the we time. Welcome. We welcome Cuban refugees with open arms. Mexican refugees, we yell and send them back. Ah, uh, yes. See, that's interesting. You know what I mean? So there's, yeah, there's a bunch of dynamics that go with it that kind of like would influence your thoughts on it. So it makes a lot of sense to me personally. Like, I get it. You know, Democrats are all about helping refugees. So they're not going to say, well, we don't want them Cubans. Mm-hmm. They're going to like them. And the Republicans hate communism, so they're obviously going to like them. But then when the Mexicans come, and just, oh, why can't you just take care of your own country? <laughs> Damn it. Why can't you just go down there and fight for it? Whose narrative are you going with on Biden's infrastructure bill here, Corey? Because oh, Okay, so this go is ahead. where I'm at. So, our country's in shambles. I think we have 58,000 miles of, I think it's 58,000 is the number of miles of bridges considered deficient which means that they're not (laughs) up to par i drive on bridges every day so like every time i that number is always in my fucking head like (laughs) oh fuck and so in in michigan especially we have the biggest suspension bridge in america i believe and it's like the fifth in the world i think the mackinac is bigger than the san francisco bridge there's three in san francisco but yeah the bay bridge the golden gate bridge the i think it's bigger than the golden gate it is 
I think it's the biggest suspension bridge in America. In North America, maybe. Yeah, I believe so. Uh, you can uh, you can tell the you can tell oh, the people no, you're looking no. it up. The Golden Gate is uh, bigger by four hundred feet. Oh come on! Yeah, you couldn't have extended. Bridge. You couldn't extended the Mighty Mac an extra four hundred feet. Come on, four hundred one feet. Shit. God damn it! Fuck you, Michigan. Right? <laughs> what the fuck? But yeah, so the Mackinac is the third longest suspension bridge in the United States. Actually, the Verrazano Narrows in the Lower New York Bay is the longest. Interesting. I didn't We're learning something every day. Every day. So the one architect that listens, the one that? architect that so listens to this show, or the one engineer that listens to this show, is the only person who knew that. So we're good. Yeah, right. So we have all these bridges. No, I'm not saying I'm not trying to fear Maga. I'm not saying these suspension bridges are just going to collapse at any moment. But coming from Michigan, like we know infrastructure, it's kind of an issue. We have uh, the worst roads in the country. Trip. Worst roads in the country. We have Flint being poisoned. Yes. Yeah. So I'm all for that happening. I'm all for money being used to build jobs. Now, my issue, my sticking point with that is it's just like, where exactly is the money going to go? Because we know it's going to go into the same pockets it always goes into. And so I wish there was some sort of stopgate i guess to it to where it's like the government itself hires out the workers not hiring big corporations and like just making them do all the dirty work because like if you remember the 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 new deal under fdr we had uh it wasn't an i don't Corey. Like, i was born in 1988 i don't remember it oh i was there <laughs> no, <I'm just> kidding. <laughs> i was there no it's uh but um, they literally just made everyone line up. You'd show up for work. And if they didn't have work, you'd still get your paycheck. But if you there was work, they would have you work. And people were literally just digging ditches, getting a day's wage. And it's it's not going to be like that. It's going to be a couple of select people of these like influencers and like elites and stuff like that getting this large sum of money. And then a tenth of it's going to go down to the common day worker. Now... That being said, I don't think that we should just not spend the money because of that principle, but it's still like, who are we really helping out here? Does that make sense? No, it, it does. And, and, and that's my concern too. But <clears throat> when I look at this infrastructure bill, I look at it like, I because I, I've looked at the bill, or at least I've looked at the cliff notes and I've gotten them from a reliable source. And it's pretty straightforward. At least mm-hmm. what's written is... It's actually is- really straightforward. I don't understand the whole woke thing where it's like... Right. It's not woke. It talks about broadband, uh, water, roads, uh, railway system. Bridges. Wa- uh, yeah, water. Bridges. bridges. Yeah. The reconciliation bill. Now, there is some stuff in that where I can see them going, oh, this is just a green, a green new deal nope. and stuff like that. And it's like, ah, oh, yeah. Nope. I'm talking about the actual bill. But the actual infrastructure bill that was just that, passed. That was passed by the Senate. And no, the, the the whole woke thing is Josh Hawley and certain other Republicans a talking do, point doing what everybody does that we're all so sick of trying to pit us against each other, trying to go 
just use the word woke. If you just use the word woke, no Republican's going to support it. Just like if Which a de- they already j- did. just like if a Democrat just uses the word racist, then somehow no Democrat's going to support. Like you, all you have to do is use the word. It's just a buzzword, and it's bullshit. But when I look at these two narratives, I'm only giving the edge to the progressives because, again, not enough murmurs of threats unless other bills are passed. I think that's a really stupid way to go. Like, let's get something done that can actually do something. I'm only giving them my vote on this because it's at least actually based in something real. They just want more. The conservatives are just like, ah, the Democrats proposed it. So we just, we can't have that. We can't give them a win. Right. Yeah, that's really what it is. They don't want to give the Democrats a win. We got uh, midterms coming up in about a, what, a year, a year and a half? Yeah, about a year and a half. By the way, and we might talk about this going forward, but I'll just say right now, as far as the midterms go. It's not looking good for Democrats. Democrats are fucked. They're fucked. Can we call that? Can we call that right now? You want to make August that prediction 11, right 2021? now? 2021. They're fucked. Democrats are fucked. We'll talk They're about fucked. that. We'll talk. We'll, we'll have a whole show on that, Corey. Write that down. We're yeah. going to have a whole show on but that. But as of right now, they're like, what, three or four points behind? They got the ball and didn't know what to do with it, and they're just bobbling it in the air like, oh, God. Like, <laughs> You mean just like 2012? Just like, yeah, just, yeah. Just like 1994? Just like 1998, like it's just like it's yeah. the way it always goes. Anyway, narrative number two, Corey, the eviction moratorium has been now extended through October after the Biden administration let it run out for like 48 hours or something like that. Uh, the liberal narrative, hey, got to keep folks in houses, right? Got to keep everybody in their houses. We don't want anybody getting evicted. Conservative narrative. Big government preventing landlords from living the American dream because they can't yeah. make their money. They can't. And you know what? It's so where I'm at with that is I'm, I'm literally <laughs> that's literally almost like my my personal like opinion on it. It's like, ah, oh, well, fuck the impact that me goes like me. I have a two year old at home. He turns two in less than a month. It's like, fuck, you know, I wouldn't want to see a uh, family fucking be kicked out because of bullshit that they had no I don't want to see them get kicked out of their house because of government inefficiencies really fucking everything up in the past year and a half to where under no fault of their own they are losing their home but at the same time you go all the way back to the very beginning of our country property rights is one of the most like principles of being a free citizen and being someone who is actually pursuing life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. We're the, one of the very, very only countries to where when you own property, you can tell the government to kick, get fucked, essentially. Like, get off my property. Short of a warrant and things like that, which are, in my opinion, too easy to get. But <laughs> that's a whole different topic. <laughs> uh, like, you, like, for me and you being in Detroit... Canada is what a forty-minute ride, actually south. We're one of the only places yeah. where you go south to go to Canada. We are the Fun only fact. place you go south to get to Canada. By we, the way, we are the only place in the nation that you go south to get to Canada. Um, in Canada, when you own property in quotations, it's still considered the Queen's land. 
then people say, oh, it's my property. Like, I own it. You know, it's my property. Well, technically, it's you own it, but it's the queen's land is what they say. They We don't say that here. We don't say this is my property, but, you know, it's Biden's land. Yeah. And so based Thank so God. when it comes to these mandates first off these mandates are being they're not legislative it's not going through the three branches of the proper things of being of being a bill introduced being debated getting voted on and whether or not it gets challenged in the supreme court and things like that it's a mandate by a bureaucratic institution who's shown no vote of confidence in the past year and a half for anything. You're talking about the CDC, Corey Walsh? The CDC, yes. Yes, Dan, I am talking about the CDC. All of a sudden, now the CDC's guidance is becoming mandating, and they're the ones that are writing whether or not, or they're superseding the uh, amendments in our Constitution to decide whether or not people get to be kicked out of their homes or not. Which, me personally... I'm not even for people getting kicked out of their homes. It's not their fault that this fucking happened to them. But we have our fucking Congress in recess right now. We have a shit ton of money that's already allocated to be given to these people. And Biden just goes, oh, well, my hands are tied. And it's like, motherfucker, where were you for the last six months? So out of convenience, they're letting a bureaucratic institution decide whether or not people get to stay in their homes out of sheer, not even con- convenience, but a lackadaisical attitude of just like, ah, fuck it, we're going on recess. It's like, motherfucker, there's 11 million people about to be kicked out of their home. You guys should be in fucking session right now trying to figure this shit out. Because this is what's going on right now. Brett Kavanaugh, the same guy we mentioned earlier, you know, the beer-drinking womanizer, right. apparently. He, who is considers himself a constitutionalist, even said, like, in his opinion he's like this is against the constitution how did he put it he goes uh something like he was basically saying that like the money is there i'm not going to strike it down get your shit figured out is basically what he said yeah Corey. it's what he told him the thing that sucks about the whole thing is that like the money's been allocated very very little of it has even been used by these states government inefficiency Absolutely. And that's why, you know, when people go, oh, Republicans suck. Oh, Democrats suck. Guys, stop arguing about whether Republicans or Democrats suck more. They both suck very, if, right. not, if not equally, it's very, very close. Right. If- yeah, no. Yeah, that's that's the thing is like, I'm not against people being told they can stay in their house. I'm not against that. That's that's what's it's the route. That's, it's the route that they're using. Now all of a sudden the CDC is mandating our government. When did the CDC become sort of some sort of like fucking autocracy? Masks work. Masks don't actually work. Ma- the yeah. va- the vaccine is great. Nobody ever dies. Well, a couple people died. People, you know. But you know what's funny actually? This is uh I was alluding to this earlier before we started recording. So there's this group and it's, I forget exactly what they're called, but they're called like the Third Amendment Watchmen or whatever. Okay. And so there's, <laughs> it, it's going to sound, it sounds fucking hilarious, but like it has merit to it. They're suing the CDC. So first off, the Third Amendment, I'll read it out to you really quick. The, the Third Amendment. No, so, no soldier shall in time of peace be quartered in any house. 
without the consent yeah. of the owner, nor in time of war, but in a manner to be prescribed by law. Okay, you beat me to it. All right. <laughs> so what was that first part? No soldier shall in time of peace be quartered in any house without the consent consent of the owner. Okay. Now, if there's landlords and they own these houses, there's a damn good odd that I would bet on that some of those people are active duty soldiers. And now these fucking landlords are being told they have to quarter soldiers. <laughs> it sounds like a crazy argument, right? It's, it's a little <laughs> crazy. It's a little crazy argument that this group is using <laughs> to say that this CDC mandate is unconstitutional. And with a conservative court right now, it might fucking win. Uh, it's and kind you know of, what? That's interesting because it's kind based of based on the convers- constitution. Yeah. It's like, oh, well, I kind of have to agree with that. Like, we literally went to war because the British were just forcing soldiers into people's houses. There's flags that say no quarter given. And it pisses me off that people only know the first and second amendments and they don't know these other ones. They'd be able to like tell the government to get fucked right. because no one pays attention to anything. It's just the hot button things. And it's like, no, literally no quarter given. <laughs> That's actually funny. That's funny because I didn't think about the it. The fifth amendment too. The fifth amendment too is another one. It talks about uh, you can't take people's property. Near- like, yeah, no, <laughs> no quarter given to soldiers. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Corey Walsh, you better write it down because I think that's another T-shirt. <laughs> that might be a T-shirt. CDC, no quarter no given. No quarter given. Uh, <laughs> dude, the way I feel about this second narrative about the ev- eviction moratorium, got to keep people in houses versus big government is pretending is preventing landlords from making from making their money. This one's really difficult because mm-hmm. I honestly agree with both narratives. And I do too. I don't want people to lose their houses through no fault of their own. The empath in me says, don't kick them out. But the realist in me goes, I don't want those squatters shitting and smearing it on the walls. I want that house. You got it. You know, I mean, because the the liberals don't like when people say this, but uh, a lot of landlords are like small business owners, man. They only own a few houses. Yeah. The median income for a landlord, I think, is like. For like small properties, which is like a house, you know, it's not like a person who owns like a multi-house uh, apartment complex, but like someone who owns like a duplex or like a house or two, or even three or four houses to where you think about it. It's even like probably like 10 or 11 houses. The median income is like 60 to $80,000. You know what I mean? It's not someone that's just making a million dollars and a majority of them are older to where this was their uh retirement plan where they're on basically a fixed income because we know social security ain't shit but and the the thing is like if you could guarantee with this eviction moratorium that like those small business landlords were going to receive the help help from the the government is there (laughs) i know i know it's there there. that money is for those landlords the people in the houses aren't getting that's the thing about this whole thing the people in the houses isn't getting the money. No, it's the landlords. It's the fucking landlords. Yeah. They're giving them money to like, hey, don't kick these people out. Yeah. Well, pa- basically paying their rent for them. Yeah. It's the way it's supposed to be, but that's not how it's going, dude. And that's what even Brett Kavanaugh said. He's like, listen, he's like, just he's like, and Biden 
still like this is another thing that kind of pisses me off too. Biden knowingly went against the Constitution and just said we're following a bureaucratic institution so wait just a minute. because he knows that the court's going to get tied up. Before I forget this, so basically what that means is that these two narratives got to keep people in their houses and big government preventing landlords from That's living the American what everyone's saying. It's the same thing. Like we kind of, we That's actually what, agree. Like they actually agree. agree. And that's where I was at with this one is there is no, like for the narratives for this, it isn't left. It isn't a left narrative. Good, right narrative, bad or right narrative. Good left narrative, bad. Both narratives are good. It's government bureaucracy. Bad. Yeah. Both narratives are essentially saying the same thing, just in a different same way. Same damn thing. Same thing. But yeah. but no, yeah, if you, if but if you're a Democrat talking to a Republican, you're still going to argue about it somehow. I don't know how that works, but we'll figure that out another day. Eleven million Americans teeter on the balance of the of how fast the Supreme Court's going to respond to this and how uh, generous they're going to be with it when all of Congress is on fucking recess until the 23rd of August. I think it is. Garbage. Narrative number three, Corey, COVID vaccine mandates. The federal government has come out and said the military and federal workers are now mandated to get vaccines. And we've had a lot of state and local municipalities saying that things like teachers and uh, various other uh, local government workers will need to get vaccines or be subjected to uh, COVID testing often. Okay, so that or I think is actually really important. I agree. I think I think it should be highlighted. Like you're giving people an out where if they really don't want the vaccine, that's like fine. You're going to get a six inch fucking cotton swab stuck up your nose every day. We need to keep people safe, and I get that. When it comes to the military, I also get it. Uh, you know, it's like they're mandated a million vaccines. We need a military. Like the science is there when it comes to the vaccine. Like, oh, are there breakthrough cases? Sure. You know, the, the mainstream media doesn't like to talk about that. And I think that discredits the vaccine itself. Sure, there's breakthrough cases. There's breakthrough cases with the flu. The point of the vaccine is to introduce it to your body in a smaller amount so it knows how to fight it. Because look at the the ratios of people who are vaccinated. Like, oh, my God. Pe- like, you know, the media goes, oh, man, you know, it's, yeah, yeah, this. People are getting the vaccine, they're still getting the virus, and it's like, yeah, sure, but they're not going to the hospital. Yeah, the numbers they're are not available. Sick and they're not dying. The numbers are there, you know, and the left and the, and the right all like to skew the numbers based on whatever their narrative is. And Corey's saying all this but, while being unvaccinated. I am an unvaccinated. I am probably one of the only fuckers in this whole country that is like a hundred percent pro vaccination, just hasn't gotten it yet. <laughs> and at the, and like one of the other reasons too is like I give blood plasma. And I'll have to wait, I think, four weeks. I think it is four weeks uh, before I can give uh, plasma again. And I kind of weighed my options. And it's like, you know, I had COVID. I survived it. I have the antibodies. I'm young. I'm healthy. I ride a bike three times a week. I walk. I kayak. I think I'm okay. Yeah. I think for me personally, giving blood plasma is a net gain for four weeks versus me not getting it for that four weeks does that make sense i think my blood plasma is saving more lives than me personally getting the vaccine now i'm also getting paid for giving blood plasma so that's also an incentive that i'll be losing out on money for four weeks for that even i mean it's it's necessarily you know 
pennies on the dollar, but it's it's an it's enough. It's it's still money like that I wouldn't be getting if I didn't do it. And uh Yeah, so I mean that's where I'm at personally with it at this point. The narratives are from the liberals Got to keep everybody safe, as we've all as we've seen throughout this pandemic. And the conservative narrative is that it's government overreach yeah. because the military and federal workers. Now, here's here's my take on this. I'm actually I'm going to go with the liberal narrative on this, and I'm not the kind of person that thinks like it should be mandated that every American citizen get the vaccine, or we need to have vaccine passports, or I don't even know where my vaccine card is. It's lying around the house somewhere. I have no How idea you? where to bring it. Um, How are you going to prove you're vaccinated, Dan? I, I'm going to say that I am. I don't. I don't know. I don't care. Like, believe me. Unacceptable. I, I believe in the. I believe in that in that particular right. But here's 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 where I'm at with this, and here's why I'm going with the liberal narrative on this. A lot of corporations, including the big three here in Detroit, are mandating that their workers be vaccinated or, as you said, Corey, be subject to... Actually, I think... I could be wrong about this. I think the big three is actually mandating the vaccine. I don't think there's an or. I could be wrong. But if so, the or is always you're going to be subject to multiple things of testing, right? But if you're a private business... You can mandate the vaccine. To you can't work here unless you get the vaccine. It's like you can't work here unless you fucking wear pants, right? It's 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 a it's a private business's. Uh, That's a good point because way to go. But why is no one up in arms about drug tests? But this vaccine, they're freaking out about. That's a good way to think about it. But what I'm going with is, if you're in the military, you chose to go into the military. Yeah, it's not a draft. Nobody forced you to go into the military. If you're a federal worker, you took that job. You chose to work there. And if your boss is mandating that you get this vaccine, you can quit your job. I mean, now, the military... Isn't that a a conservative talking point? (laughs) You can quit your job, find a new job. It really is. Isn't that interesting? Isn't that interesting? That's the free market, man. That's the free market, baby. Just fucking get a new job. Just get a better better job. Hey, just get a new job. And the thing I love about that, too, is like... <laughs> the, whole, the, whole new, the whole new job thing, right? It's like people are bitching because everybody's quitting working at Burger King when for 25 fucking years everybody's been like, if you don't want to work there, just get a better job. <laughs> and it's like, okay, well, now they're actually kind of doing that and you're still pissed. But then they go, no, they're just trying to get unemployment. I don't know if you know this, but you don't get unemployment if you quit your fucking job. It's like, are they all? Because we just added a million jobs to the job market last week. A lot of a lot of those, were, <laughs> a lot of those were government jobs, though. That is a little yeah, concerning. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I, I'm gonna well, go, I'm gonna I'm gonna give the edge just a little bit to the liberal narrative because you chose to go into the military. Nobody forced you to go to the military. You chose to work for the government. So if you're gonna look at it like any other any other private business that has the right to do what they want to do. You got to get the vaccine if you work for the government. Sorry, I I, I and that's. You, that's not to say that I necessarily agree with the premise, but if we're just talking about the talking points, I'm going with the liberals here. Yeah, when it comes to the military, I'll have to agree. You know what? There is there is no way in hell at all 
when people try to like, because you know the like the conspiracies come up when it comes to mandates. There's a bunch of conspiracies now that come up with everything. There's no fucking way in hell. I'll even add another fucking. There's no fucking way in fucking hell <laughs> that our government is going to try to do some crazy depopulation thing with our military. If anything, they're going to do all of the research possible and do everything they can to keep our soldiers safe. So, vaccinating them, based on the scientific data that's available to damn near all of us, based on having access to Google or DuckDuckGo or Bing or AltaVista or whatever fucking search bar you want to use, shows that the vaccine is safe. And so it makes sense that we're going to give that to our soldiers who at any moment might have to be deployed all over the world where there's a fucking pandemic. We got to keep these guys like, look what happened during the pandemic. We had like two or three fleets in our Navy fucking, uh, uh, docked. That's not good. That's not good at all. The ocean is very big. Two or three fleets is a, is thousands and thousands of square miles covered. That's just open. To what you want to say, just, you know, you could use the big fear mind and go, oh, Russia or China or just fucking pirates. You know, like, uh, Navy is there just to keep shipping ch- lanes and shipping channels open and make sure there's peace on the seas so merchants can get back and forth. And when you got two or three fleets just gone, that's a huge gap in your security. So it makes 100% sense to me. We've been giving these guys vaccines that are mandated. You know, you always hear jokes about, like, I have a bunch of friends who are in the military. They're like, yeah, they just jab you with stuff. You don't even know what's in it. (laughs) No, like, they make these jokes all the time. This one is no different. So what pisses me off about it the most, I guess, when it comes to this, right? Because one of the arguments you get from people, it's like, well, it's not FDA approved. And (laughs) it's like, you know what? You're right. It's not FDA approved. Why the fuck does the FDA have their hand in their pants when it comes to this? when they passed the Emergency Authorization Authorization Act for it so fast, they literally cut out the fact, cut out the bureaucracy, cut all the red tape, and passed it. But those, the and here's the other thing too, Corey. The other thing is, the, the people that are against it, they don't trust the government. So why the fuck do you care what the FDA has to say? It's a government entity. Whether, yeah, whether it's proved or not. But yeah, but I think that that, like, you're always going to have would, a tenfold hat But here's the thing, you, would, you wouldn't trust it anyway. If the FDA did approve it, you still wouldn't. It's like trust someone. That's it. like someone who says the CDC's numbers are fake, and then cites the CDC for the flu numbers, saying that the yeah. That, <laughs> well, it's true. According to the CDC, sixty thousand. This is before the number hit like seven hundred thousand or whatever. So that number isn't cited as much. But they're like, oh, seventy thousand people die from the flu every year, according to the CDC. There's only seven six thousand people, which we know they're lying about. According to the CDC, and it's like, wait, you're citing the CDC to say the CDC is lying. It's like, do you understand what you're doing? That, that, that's fucking dumb, right? Like, you get that. But so what I was getting back to uh, the FDA, though, was they approved this. They approved this whole shit with the uh, um, FDA. Or the FDA approved this whole shit with the Emergency Authorization Act or whatever. And typically vaccines, I think it's like six months six months of efficacy or six months for it to be considered like an efficacy type, uh, like testing to go, okay, it's safe. We've passed that mark. 
especially with it being expedited and literally millions upon millions upon millions upon millions of people have gotten this vaccine worldwide. So we're talking uh, such a large control group that you can study that it's like diets are different, climates are different, age is different, weight is different, sex is different, yep. skin color is different. Uh, genetics are different. You know, I could sit here and just like really cut it down to a fine line and name so many different things. Why the fuck hasn't this FDA went through the same expedited process of the different emergency authorization act and just fucking approve the damn thing and knock out half the fucking argument for it? Not to mention, Corey, I'd like I'd like to just add this to the argument, and then we will we'll, we'll, we're we're getting a little long in the tooth here. We'll end the show. When it comes to the FDA, here's what's interesting. People go, it's not FDA approved. Now I want to sit here and ask you about FDA approved drugs. All, <laughs> all drugs have risks, right? Nobody will admit, I, w- I would hope that nobody would say, oh, no, there's a completely safe drug out there. Even the safest, 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 safest drug that's been around for a million years has some shitty side effects on some people. There's always a risk with any drug. So now I want to talk about all of these TV commercials that you see uh, from some law firm that goes, if you took this drug that uh, caused this, 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 and this over this time, if you have cancer and you took this uh, heartburn drug, please call this number for this class action lawsuit. These are are FDA-approved drugs. You see these commercials all the time. Well, yeah, some for about something to combat insomnia, and then at the end of it, it's this thirty-second thing going. This drug may cause, da, 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 da. and then you hear the word insomnia, and it's like, wait, well, what the fuck? <laughs> this drug may cause. It's a drug to help people sleep, and it's like the side effect of this drug is insomnia. No, it's like, wait a minute. <laughs> no, but I'm, I'm even talking about you know the t- the lawsuit commercials that I'm talking about. Like if you yeah, if you yeah, took, yeah, yeah. if you took Zantac seventy five between the years of nineteen ninety two and nineteen ninety seven, you might be entitled to a and, compensation, and you suffer from mesothelioma. You've been you are entitled to compensation, like. Just stop. Like, <laughs> yeah. even the FDA-approved drugs, they have issues. And, Corey, I don't know if there's anything you want to finish with. We wanted to talk a little bit about NPR, but I think we can save that for the next bourbon banter. Do you yeah, agree? Yeah, because actually I do want to add on to it because of the fact that I want to cut the people who are vaccine-hesitant some slack. And I want to talk about, like, the weird... Uh, conundrum that the left is pushing themselves into that I don't even think they've realized yet is the fact that, okay, so even if it was, like we say, FDA approved, have you ever heard of the Tuskegee experiment? I have. Okay. So the Tuskegee experiment, for the people who don't know, it was, uh, I'm going to look it up really fast. Just, just to make so sure you don't get sure. any of the, just to make sure you don't get any of the, uh, the details wrong. Right. Tuskegee. The Tuskegee Airman Experiment. So the Tuskegee the, the Airman study, Experiment. The syphilis study, right? Yeah they, yeah, they were studying syphilis. So they were literally giving minorities syphilis to see how it would react to people. But they told them that it was a... It was a... Uh, did they tell them that it was a syphilis... Vaccine? It was was that what they did? Uh, it was for a bunch of sharecroppers, 
And anyway, so they were giving these people these shots, saying it was for one thing, but it was literally the exact opposite. And they were giving people syphilis to see whether how it would affect minorities. All right. So let's put that, I want to put that historical premise on what I'm about to say. One of the groups of people in our country, one of the communities that has one of the lowest vaccination rate is black minorities. Okay. So black minorities aren't getting the vaccine. And a lot of it has to do with lack of trust of our government because fuck, I don't understand why minorities don't trust our government, Dan. I can't, I don't understand either, Corey. (laughs) They should just. They should answer, just. So, they should just get along to go along. I don't fucking get it. <laughs> so, these guys. As a disclaimer, that was sarcasm, folks. Yeah, that was sarcasm. I hope that was uh, portrayed enough in my voice. But we'll definitely <laughs> add a disclaimer. Um, but yeah, so the, our government literally pulls shit like this, so the minority communities don't trust a mass vaccination program. I don't like, you know what I mean? So it's like, they're like, I want to see these white motherfuckers get it first. Yeah. That makes sense. I would too. Yeah. (laughs) I'm like, no, you go. (laughs) And so, uh, there's low vaccination rates among the, like the poor communities and the, and the minority communities. And then the government's double downing and going, well, you got to have this vaccine card or you're not going to be able to get into any stores or do this or that. And it's like, do you realize some of the communities you're hurting the most is the minority communities who need those type of services the most and telling them that they now all of a sudden you make this apartheid fucking community to where it's like half of us can't go into a store and guess who the majority of the half of those people who can't go into the store is. Fucking minorities. <laughs> so guess what? Their apprehension of not trusting the government is literally getting them fucked by the government yet again. And that brings us back to feigned wokeism. Good night, everybody. Hey, yeah. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Welcome to the shows. I'm drinking bourbon. <laughs> that was good. Mammoth bourbon. And fistful of bourbon. From Traverse City. Uh, Corey, we did want to talk a little bit about NPR, but I think we can save that. I think we can move that on to the next bourbon banter. We're going to have at least two or three more before we get into season two. I'm going to be honest Mm -hmm. with the folks. I'm moving into a new house, so I have a lot of shit going on, but we want to make sure we keep giving you content. So we're going to keep doing these bourbon banters here for at least another couple weeks, two, three weeks. And then Dan's over here kicking people out of houses. I am because I'm white. (laughs) I'm white and I have the right. (laughs) <laughs> get the hell out i need to get these squatters out of this house before they start wiping shit on the walls uh, we hope you enjoyed uh <laughs> we, we hope you enjoyed bourbon banter number two here from libservative he's been Corey walsh and he's been dan griffin and we appreciate you until next time we're out of here peace, peace.